somebody who never thought was scared to to be themselves saw that and was like if he can do it i can do it that's what's important yeah like fuck this follower shit fuck the like shit fuck the money fuck that that's what's that's what's important that's what's going to change the world you know what i mean those little kids that now saw me now believe in themselves that's what's going to change the world that's my purpose so i would say like look at yourself and be like what is what is my purpose how do i change the world how do i have that impact Yeah, so definitely got to get the the greens in your system, especially when you're on the go, because you've had like a wild six months. Yeah, like 180. My life just like completely changed. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so if uh, why don't we just start right there? Yeah. Dom Gabriel, welcome to the Gents Talk Pod. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited for this. Yeah, I'm I'm honored. This is a insane setup. <laughs> um, I actually took Air Canada coming back, so I like I watched a few episodes. Oh, nice. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm super great. It's just a dope feeling to be like those full circle moments of being like, oh, I took Air Canada. I'm Canadian. Mm-hmm. I watched Carnell Fishall like in the same like do on the same platform. And it's like, damn, now I get to do it. You know, like yeah, man. Used to watch Carnell Fishall much music way back yeah, in the yeah, day, yeah, the top yeah, yeah, tens yeah. and the Bacardi slang, and now I'm here. It's dope. Thank oh, you. That's dope. No, we're super excited to have you. You've been, you've had an incredible, like I said, six months. It's been wild for you and it seems like you're constantly doing something but one of the things that i've admired and i'm super excited to talk to you about this is how you've managed to still stay authentic to yourself despite the hype around you growing exponentially mm-hmm. you know from partnerships and media and all of these different things whenever i hear you speak you're still very much this is who i am at my core and i'm not changing that mm-hmm. for anyone mm-hmm. Talk to me about the last six months. Um, damn. I think, uh, I don't even know where to start. I mean, it all started, I knew the show was coming out on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And I'd already been on a show, The Mole. And it didn't really pop off. It wasn't like I didn't become like this like big person or I wasn't getting stopped on the streets or whatever like that. But um, I didn't even want to go to LA. But one of my friends, Ines, when the show was like, no, you have to you got to take advantage of this opportunity. I was like, okay, fine. Like I'll go for like a month. You know, I packed like one suitcase. I packed like eight hours before I left. Didn't even pack like enough pants or enough shirts. So I just like stuffed a bunch of <laughs> in a suitcase. I was like, whatever, I'll be back in a few weeks. Like it's fine. And then the show came out and I don't know, like people just took to it. Um, people really took to me and how, how I was on the show. And yeah, then it was like one month turned into two months. Then it turned into, Guardians of the Galaxy red carpets and you know then I'm meeting you know um Issa Rae and uh, it's just like it just like this snowball effect kind of just kept on like rolling and rolling and this is all happening in the meantime like I was only planning to stay for like a month yeah. so at this point I'm on an air mattress <laughs> with no fa- no more pants <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm wearing the same stuff that I was wearing the same boots to every red carpet to the yeah. point where like Doc Martens was like yo we're gonna send you some new boots yeah. man because this is getting out of hand <laughs> so it's like I was doing all these things but I, I think the thing that kept me I mean I, I'd like to believe like you know my mother raised me well and my grandparents and knowing that integrity will always be rewarded 
and to always hold my integrity true. But of course, when you're in LA, people tell you like it changes you a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know, I was really doing all these things while sleeping on an air mattress, so it was like there was wasn't really any room for me to talk my shit. Or yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it kind of kept me humble and kind of kept me like kept me working and kept me grinding to be like I want to get off this air mattress <laughs> as fast mm-hmm. as possible. So yeah, yeah, it was just a wild. It's it's hard to explain because it happened so fast. Sure. And now you're based in LA. Um, yeah, that's that's the plan. I kind of realized when I was out there that um, I think it's like familiar to like when you see like and I'm not comparing myself to someone like Drake, where it's kind of like you kind of have to be there in order to take full advantage of certain opportunities. Yeah. You know, because you got to be in the place where everyone else is. Where everyone else is. Yeah. Like there were times when like I was like at my lowest. I remember it was like going from airbnb to airbnb at one point and i was in this like shed in someone's backyard that i paid like 900 dollars for like four days <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and i'm like i gotta make something happen like i was like going live on tiktok or whatever and then all of a sudden i got the hey for my management hey tomorrow you want to go to the guardians of the galaxy red carpet i'm like well yeah shit okay <laughs> good thing i'm here like yeah i got 24 hours and it was like went to a pr room got this like green suit whatever and then like then I'm meeting Vin Diesel and Crazy. and you know Kevin Feige in this room and it's like then that led to me getting invited to the Spider Man mm-hmm. and then now I'm getting invited to like the Sony launch party and I'm meeting David Callahan watch Perfect Match and he wrote the movie and he's talking about the movie and how Miles is my little brother's name and how much like it means to me and it's like if I wasn't in LA those opportunities wouldn't have happened yeah. so I kind of realized like okay I kind of have to just tough it out and. And just be out here. Yeah. One of the things that I think people, the one of the reasons that I've heard people resonate with you so so much was because you were very genuine on the show, after the show. You know, they, they really saw uh, an authentic human being, mm-hmm. when which is something that you don't typically get to see on reality shows, mm-hmm. right? Like everybody, you hear a lot of people say, yeah, you know, I kind of put on a persona because, you know, I treated that as an opportunity. You you just showed up as as Dom. Mm-hmm. Were you ever like? Did you ever find yourself worn thin from just being in that kind of an environment? Yeah, I think even people watching it could see that. Like there are people that you know would make full on psychological breakdowns on me on TikTok, and mm-hmm. you can kind of see because I do have like neurodivergent tendencies. Like I do have ADHD, and um. I do have like really bad social anxiety and my social battery like wears down really fast. So you can see at times where like people be like, oh, Dom's boring or Dom's quiet. It's like I just be off in the side just fiddling or um, just trying to figure stuff out. So there were times where I was definitely like, and I think that's part of like my strengths and my weaknesses is like I can't not be that. Like yeah. I can't not be myself because like it's almost like my brain and my body just doesn't allow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And you're not fighting instinct, essentially. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to, like, that's just who I am. Like, ever since I was a kid, it was like, I commit, I always, I used to get bullied for, you know, painting my nails or dressing a certain way or the way I think or, and it was like, I can either lean into it or I can go a different path. And I was like, well, I'm already getting bullied for it. I might as well just be who I am. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of like, I've always been like that. So it's like, even if you put a thousand cameras on me, it's like, I'm just... I'm just so adjusted to just like whatever. I don't really give a shit. Like, <laughs> so you're you've got all this stuff happening. How do you go from? How are you managing going from, you know, the air mattress to suddenly living under a microscope? You know, like I typed your name in 
on Google. I love doing that with people. <laughs> just type their name in and just see what randomness pops up. Yeah. And it was, a, you know, like 10 fun things you would never have known about Dom Gabriel and stuff like that. Like you're really under a microscope now. Yeah. And when you say you have, you know, social anxiety, that's a very real thing that, you know, that battery life, once it's drained, you want nothing to do with that. How are you balancing the two? I think when it, when everything first started, I became such a recluse. Like, I didn't do any podcasts. I refused to go on any podcasts. I refused to go to any events just because of that reason. If I said a word, if I mentioned a name, it was going to end up on Twitter or on some article or some reality TV person who was going to make a TikTok. Like, mm-hmm. I comments on Selena Gomez's TikTok once, and somebody reporter was like, You'll never guess who I found in Selena Gomez's comments. Dom from Perfect Match is sliding on Selena. G- and it's like, like what? Like, like, how'd you find this? Yeah, yeah how'd you find this? Yeah, and who the, who the hell cares if I make a funny yeah. comment on Selena? Like, I'm never going to bag Selena Gomez. Like, we, come on. Like, I cried on TV. Like, that's all I'm known for at this point. Yeah. But Does that bother you? Um, it doesn't bother. I just think it's like, it's, it's just funny. Yeah. You know, and... I've gotten to the point where it's like, you could just laugh at it. Like, I don't take yeah. myself too seriously. Even when the show was, I was like, all the content, I was laughing at myself and, you know, me crying and me being over emotional and, cause that's just who I am. I just own it. Yeah. You know? So I just, it's like the, like, again, Drake, like Drake doesn't take himself too seriously. You yeah. know, Drake will meme himself. It's like, I just meme myself. Do you think you're being over emotional or do you think that people think you're being over emotional? Um, I think there's there's two sides of it right there's the side of like me um i am a very vulnerable person and i do realize i can be very overly emotional when it comes to certain things so i think it's like a balance of like you should never be afraid to show your emotions you should never be afraid to be vulnerable being vulnerable can be a strength it can be your superpower but i i can also look at myself in that instance and be like there were points where i could have where it, there are points where it's okay to put your guard up, you know? It's like finding that balance of like, yeah, it's okay to be vulnerable, but it's like, I don't have to like walk into an elevator and be like, someone's like, hey, how's your day going? Horrible, man. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Control, like a little bit of control over it. Yeah, a little bit of control over my emotions where like, and I'm grateful that I was able to like watch myself um, with the entire world and, you know, people's perceptions and take everything with a grain of salt but it was it allowed me to kind of like see myself through that microscope as well and be like yeah it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to be emotional but there are certain things that i can work on personally to to control that better and i love that you say that though because i think one of the the main themes of what we're trying to, to really do with this podcast is help the mass number of men out there realize that being vulnerable or showing emotions doesn't mean you're going around to every single person at all times of the day saying here's all the things wrong with my life yeah like you can have your moments of vulnerability you have your moments where you express that you know you're not feeling your most confident self Mm -hmm. and it's okay that that happens and it's also okay at times to be like you know what i'm going to gather myself because i'm going to do x right now and i'm trying to maintain some form of control there's also nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. so i like how you articulated that because i think a lot of people it's either one extreme or the other yeah and i think it's you have to balance that line because there were times where i i could be vulnerable but then it it turns into like okay at what point are you going to do something about it though Mm -hmm. you know and that was a conversation where i had with um my good friend that i met in la leo skeppy where 
there was a point where I was like posting something on Instagram and I was like writing the caption and I was about to say like, you know, I'm undeserving of this and I'm unworthy and, you know, and trying to be vulnerable. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Like it's getting kind of old, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like own, like own your, like do something about it. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel worthy, if you don't feel deserving, do something about it, you know? Um, so what'd you do? I owned it. You know, I, I, I looked at everything I accomplished and I said, you know what, like I'm in LA in six months and I'm going to a red carpet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm on, I'm weighing the red carpet behind Russell Westbrook <laughs> and Wiz Khalifa, whose poster I had in my college dorm room. And six to eight months ago, no one believed in me mm-hmm. and I'm here right now. I, I can, I can talk my shit a little bit. I yeah, can, yeah. I can say, yeah, I did that shit and I could, and I can still be vulnerable but i can still say i was vulnerable i did this i owned it i i cried on tv i turned that into a a goddamn like clothing collection that sold out mm-hmm. you know i painted my nails people said oh uh that's feminine that's this that's that that's this and then what did i do i i created my own nail polish line with with mgk my mm-hmm. own nail polish color you know i did that so it was like taking my vulnerability and turning it into a strength at the same time it's like i can be vulnerable but also watch this yeah, you know, and I think that's finding that balance of being a man and letting yourself be vulnerable, but also knowing when to step up. Yeah, you why, can do both. And why do you think guys struggle with that with that balance from think, your lens? I think people are. I think a lot of people are scared of of being judged. You know, nobody wants to. Um. Because when, when you're vulnerable, when you, when something means a lot to you, it's like, I've, I'm sure, for example, like with this podcast um, it, or anybody, anything that's creative, it's your passion. And sometimes it might be hard to like share parts of it, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. It might be hard to promote yourself with it, yeah. you know, because it means so much to you. So that's the vulnerable part. That's the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. This podcast means so much to you. So it becomes hard at points to be like, share this or tell people, hey, listen to this because you don't want to hear someone be like, Oh, this is this podcast sucks because mm. that would that would hurt you. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So you yeah. so you stop yourself. From, We're not immune to that. Yeah, yeah. So you stop yourself from that. You stop yourself from being like, "Hey, this podcast means a lot to me, and I'd really appreciate it." Because you don't want to hear that backlash because mm-hmm. it means so much to you. And I think that's with a lot of men that grew up. It's like you don't want to try new things or you don't want to put yourself out there because that makes you vulnerable. And like when people reject that thought, you're like, "Oh, you feel less than." Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that's what it is. It's like when you show your emotions, you're afraid of someone being like, oh, you're you're a bitch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then you're like, no, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Did I, just, did I just go against the grain here? Yeah. Like, am I out of line? Am I out of line? But then it's like, okay, I cried. And someone's like, you're a crybaby. Okay, now what? Where do we go from here? Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go from here in this conversation? Yeah. Do, do, you want, do you want me to go back and take that back? Do you want me to reverse the tears that came out of my eyes? Yeah. Like, why do you care so much that I cried? Mm. And then, then it turns into a conversation of like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. had so many guys come up to me and like, I we have that conversation and all of a sudden it's like, okay, nah, I respect that, you know, because you own it. How powerful are those moments? Those, those, I think to me, the most powerful moments are the guys that come up to me and they like, um, they tell me like, oh, I, I don't know what what am I allowed to say on this podcast? Anything? You want. Anything? <laughs> the craziest moment to me was like, um, I was like going to this barbershop in LA, 
and it was like I was getting my hair locked and there was this guy he, he just like walked up to me he's like yo I watched your show with my girl the other day like I just gotta say you you a real ass nigga mm. like you know what I mean like yeah. and he was like big tied up like you and like admittedly like you know what I mean just like one of those guys like you just wouldn't expect to like see yeah. something like that and yeah. like resonate and I think a lot of people did resonate with that, but it's like they don't want to say out loud if they did, mm-hmm. you know. So when I hear someone like be like, "Yo, I resonate. I felt how you felt," and that's how I feel sometimes too. Those are the moments where it's like, "Oh, this this made this changed this person's perspective on things," mm-hmm. you know. Or getting like a message or someone being like, "Hey, I started painting. I always want to paint my nails, but I saw you paint your nails, so I bought your nail polish and check this out." <laughs> you know, it's like moments like that make yeah. me realize like, "Oh, there's." A difference between being an influencer and making an impact a real impact a real impact you know and that's those are the moments to me that keeps me kind of going because i could care less about like like it's cool to go to the red carpets it's cool to 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 meet these people and and go to these events and stuff like that but at the end of the day i have this constant inner dialogue of like what's the difference between fame or clout and like legacy what is it and to me it's like when when you're gone, right? Who, how does your name still exist in the world? How does your presence still exist in the world? And for me, I think about that and it's like, the way that that happens is like, by these kids that come up to me and they're like, hey, I dress this way because of you. Hey, look at my nails, I paint my nails because of you. They're gonna grow up, push these boundaries, these gender norms, push these societal norms, and people are gonna look at them and be like, yo, what ins- who inspired you? Like, why do you dress like this? Why do you act this way? Why do you? not care what people think and they're gonna and some of them are gonna go because of dom Mm. you know what i mean they're gonna grow up and i'm gonna be gone and they're gonna be because of dom and they're gonna tell their kids like yeah like look at the pictures of this guy you know Mm. what i mean and that's to me that's what legacy is like that's that's like every now i'm getting all philosophical or whatever (laughs) but like to me it's like there's a difference between happiness and finding your purpose and i believe finding your purpose in this world everyone's given a gift of some sort and it's finding out what that gift is sharing it with the world to make the world a better place I've, i believe like that's the the key to life mm-hmm. that's the key to like happiness is finding your purpose finding that gift that you have sharing it with others to make it a better place and i feel like i've found that and i'm going to continue to do that do you feel like this was something that was always on the horizon for you or did you stumble into all of this um i think it was a mix of both i think there was a point where I did, I had gotten broken up with like a few months prior to getting on the mall. And it was kind of like, admittedly it was like this petty feeling of like, you know what, like I dimmed my light for a lot of people to let a lot of other people shine. And when I got broken up with, it was like a sort of like, you were holding me back, Dom, you know, when, Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I was holding you back. Like, the person said to you that you were holding them back. back yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, and a lot of people kind of doubted me and I was like, all right, fuck you all. Like, watch this. And I remember like I quit my job and I was like in Hamilton with my best friend looking over the mountain. And I said, this time next year, everyone's going to know who I am. I don't know how. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what it is. That's going to happen. And then I started like doing shoots, modeling, started trying doing vlogs. Nothing was catching. And then I got this call and it was like, hey, do you want to be on the mall? And I was like, yeah, try it out. Then the mole happened, finished that. And they were like, hey, Netflix was like, hey, we love you. Do you want to be on this all-star dating show? And it was like, 
okay, when do we film? In like four months. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> fly out again, do the show. And then it's like, then I started doing TikToks. And then before the shows even come out, they're going viral, blowing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. By the time the show comes out, I have like 800,000 followers already. So it just kept on piling and piling. And I believe it's because like I truly believed in myself. You know, there I reached a point where I did stumble into it, but there was a point before I stumbled into it where I said, I believe in myself more than I ever have. And I'm not going to stop until something happens. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't know what. It wasn't like I had a game plan. It was like, <laughs> I'm just going to do everything and something is going to catch. Yeah. And eventually something did. The I, I saw an Instagram post of yours where you talked about how, I don't know if this was the same situation, but when you're when you get broken up with, generally it means that person has been thinking about this for some time. Yeah. And that that was a that hit me deep because it made me really think about all the times past relationships haven't worked and started making me wonder how long did that person think about it before the action happened. Mm-hmm. Why was that so important for you to 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 say that to everybody, to put it out there? Um I think that's like another uh, part of me where like just I'm just I just start it's, that's always been a thing of me on social media where like I just start talking and I just start mm-hmm. saying things and that was just one of those like um, what do you call it stream of consciousness thoughts yeah you know where I just started talking and you know you just do these self reflections you know a lot of times like. I don't know if you're ever in your room mm. and you're just talking to yourself sometimes and you just keep on talking and you make these like self-realization moments of like, oh, that's why that happened. Yeah. Mm. And that was like one of those moments where, you know, I realized after that breakup, I was like, you like, it wasn't like you just woke up this morning and you were like, oh, like this is done. Yeah. It's like, you've had thoughts of this prior. And that's the part that, that after that breakup, I thought about that part of it. And I was like, that sucks. Yeah, because you've been thinking about it for a yeah, while. Probably and months. Yeah, you know, and you've been planning. You probably told your, your girlfriends mm-hmm. and yeah. people were like, oh, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to tell them. And then there were certain points where, like, maybe it can work, maybe it can't. But you never communicated that with me. So it's like, I'm just been in the Did dark. Did you ever have a fighting chance at that point? Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think that's – and it's like you, when you s- say things like that out loud, I've realized it's like, you know, when you're silent, you deny others the benefit of knowing they're not alone. So that's whenever I have a chance to like speak on something, I'm just gonna say it because chances are at least one, two people are gonna feel the exact same way and they're gonna be like, damn, I feel the same way. Yeah. Damn, you really expressed that in a way I could never express that. Thank yeah. you for putting words in my in my mouth, you know, yeah. um, to explain how I feel. So I think that's why I felt that was important to just convey that. You, your Dom meets the world. Yeah. That's a podcast that you've started. Yeah. What are you hoping to accomplish with that? Um, my, my main goal was to provide a safe place for people of any gender, sexuality, any background, a, a place where they can come and just freely talk about what they do, their life, and, and their dating life. I feel like, a, especially coming off of a dating show, a reason why I didn't do podcasts for a while is because I I was scared. You know, I didn't want to be um, kind of like not interviewed, but like, what's it called when you go into like a like the police place and they like oh interrogated interrogated yeah, yeah. yeah it was like I don't want anyone to feel interrogated. I don't sure. want to feel anyone to 
so I wanted to create a place where people can come on there and just like freely, whether you're a straight, gay, trans, a drag queen, a musician, um, a reality star, an influencer, to come on there and kind of give you a safe place to talk about how your views on dating or how you date or your life. And I think that's an important thing. I think everyone's trying to get these clickbait moments yeah. and nobody wants to have a real conversation, a real genuine conversation, which is why I wanted to come on here because watching your podcast is like, you just want to have a conversation. Yeah. You're not looking for the clickbait moments. I feel no. like there's so much of those now where it's like, we just want to like, you'll go on a podcast and be like, all right, I'm going to ask you this. How many bodies question? you have? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, whoa, like what? Like yeah. <laughs> I thought, like you haven't even asked how I am yet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, <laughs> there's so much more to, to me than that so it's like i just wanted to give people that platform and to feel comfortable and safe well it's a it's such a powerful thing because i think when people resonate with you and then they hear that's your story and then you they hear you having that conversation with other people i think that's ultimately how you spread knowledge awareness you you educate people in in way in very subtle ways of like you can have these conversations it's okay to have these conversations it's okay to say hey, I don't know something, let me go learn about it type of thing. Yeah, and I think the other cool thing about it too is I think, and I was talking about this someone recently, I think the way people view me, a lot of people see themselves in me that I've realized. And I'm a firm believer, it's like, okay, if, you're, if, you're, if you watch me, if you're a follower of me, then like you're someone, like you believe in yourself, you know what I mean? And you can use me as that kind of like, avatar as a sense so like the dom me was like i'm bringing people on because like you're not only not only am i sharing my thoughts but you also watch there's been episodes where like i've like come to tears mm -hmm. talking to people and i'm learning things about myself that i didn't even know through talking to these people mm -hmm. you know like i had leo skepion and i told him like i don't feel worthy and he told me like look back and think about how your mom sacrificed for you and she felt that you were worthy enough to sacrifice for all those people in your life and it's like that changed my perspective on everything sure yeah you know and people witnessed that and they were like that was so powerful and it's like so it's like you're not only watching my podcast to like see me or hear my thoughts but you're also learning things as with, you learn them as i learn them mm. you know which and i think is really a, it, cool what makes that really cool to your point is it's it's a journey it's like they're coming along for the ride with you yeah and, and they that, really get to learn and grow with you and that's uh, that's why i call it dom meets world because it's like that show boy meets world yeah where it's one of it's my like, favorite shows of yeah time. where it's like i felt like i grew up with Corey matthews yeah and every show it's like they had goofy silly moments but there was always this like moment when he was talking to mr feeney and yeah. you're we're all watching <laughs> and we're all like damn like who's your mr feeney uh it's probably a mixture between like my mom and my grandfather okay like my grandfather was my grandfather's always somebody who he doesn't talk a lot but when he does speak like He's he's gonna make sure you feel it. Like, yeah. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah. yeah. You know, my first breakup, I was just torn and he just looked at me and he was like he was like, This is why she broke up with you, you know? You're not ambitious enough. Mm -hmm. What chances did you take? And it was like All right, grandpa, that was a little <laughs> that kinda hurt a little bit. But we weren't incorrect. But 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 I needed I to I get it, but Yeah, but <laughs> but I need to hear that, you know. Yeah. Or like, you know, there's been times when something bad would happen to me and he would tell me like, okay, but now what? Hmm. It happened. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do to sit around and think about how shitty that was? Like, move on. Yeah. Kind of like, and that's why I got this Rafiki tattoo because he's my Rafiki where mm. Rafiki hits Simba over the head and yeah. he's like, what'd you do that for? He's like, what does it matter? It's in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly like my grandpa, you know, and he's always been that for me and 
he doesn't talk a lot. He does. He's never been like, I love you. He's never like, give me a hug. His way of showing love is like, I made you a sandwich. You know, he's yeah. that type of person. So he's always been that. It's that older generation. Yeah. He's yeah. always been that kind of Mr. Feeney for me. They care, but they're not accustomed to expressing it the way we currently want to receive it. Yeah. And that's something I'm trying to, you know, instill into him, you yeah. know, before leaving the house. Like, come give me a hug. Like, let's go watch a movie. He's like, I'm not watching a movie. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you one day. <laughs> what, how receptive was he to, like, the nail polish and the crop tops? Because it feels like the older generation would assume we'd be a little bit more, like, standoffish with it. Uh, he definitely, definitely was. He was definitely like, you know, what is this? Mm. What are you doing? Um, even with, like, you know, my hair and I dyed my hair when I was younger and he was always kind of like you know like what is this boy doing mm. but I think there was always something in him that he knew with me and he remember he said this he was like I don't know I used to get in trouble he said, I used to get in trouble <laughs> and he said to someone else he was like but he, he always accomplishes what he needs what he wants to accomplish mm. it's like I don't understand him sometimes but <laughs> He, he there's just, a motive he, there there's a mo there's something there yeah. yeah you know and i think he he was one of those people who like we just connect on a different wavelength he doesn't understand me a lot mm -hmm. but he knows like we're kind of the same person we're like if i have a goal in mind i'm gonna i'm not gonna stop until i accomplish that goal and i think he sees that and he sees the way i am and how i act he's like this is a little unorthodox i'm not used to this but i know you're gonna accomplish something so it's like when the show comes out and I come home and I'm like, I own this. I have this business now. Mm -hmm. I have this nail polish. I have a podcast. I'm going on this TV show. It's he's like, and I send pictures of me on a red carpet. He's like, okay, like, <laughs> he's like, okay, there, there it is. Yeah. I, I knew it was gonna happen eventually. He's like, there yeah. it is. And what about your mom? You say, you say that she's sort of that that pillar of strength yeah. behind you. My mom has always been like the one person that's always believed in me. When every when everyone was like. There's no shot. This is going to work. <laughs> My mom was always like the, it's going to work. You know, she's, she's just always been like, she's not surprised by anything really. You know, like if when everything was blowing up, she was like, just, you know, just take me to the BET Awards. Like she was always like, take me, I just want to go one time. It's like, she's like, I knew this was going to happen. Make me your plus one. So she's just always been that person that's believed in me. She's always been that anchor. Yeah. And if I never had that, I don't know if I would have had the strength to, to make the take the risk that I did if she wasn't that person to be like hey mom I'm thinking about quitting my job to take a chance to go on this Netflix show that you know I could have been eliminated the first episode no one could have knew me and I'd come back with no job sure and she was like and she said to me and my and my best friend had, too said people just have to see your face for 15 minutes you just need 15 minutes go on there you need 15 minutes and I remember thinking to myself when I landed I was like mom said 15 minutes <laughs> I just need 15 minutes so I was like once I got past the first elimination I was like all right I just need like five more minutes yeah. before we lit baby <laughs> yeah. and she was right and you know I look at where I'm at now and if my mom didn't say you know you just need 15 minutes and the world's gonna fall in love with you and it was like yeah what's the biggest lesson you've learned from her oh man the biggest one um I think it's she's this like the main theme throughout all this has just been like it's okay to like be unapologetically yourself. Mm -hmm. My mom is like just so stubborn. Like you will if my mom thinks a certain way or my mom like she'll always be that person to stand up for what she believes in. She's always been that person, 
you know, I used to call her like uh like Michelle X, like Malcolm X. Like she's always mm-hmm. gonna she's never she's not gonna shy away. Like mm-hmm. when the BLM movement was coming happening, like she's not like she has a platform or social media, but she was like the first person to go to every she's gonna go mm-hmm. to every riot, every protest. She's gonna stand up for what she believes in. If she she grew up she started working in a woman's shelter when I was a kid. Like I've seen her like, you know, damn near yeah, damn near come to swinging with bows with crackheads, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. To protect these women, like and I think that's what she instilled in me is just this, this drive and like this stubbornness, this hard headedness that we both share of like, you know, you see an injustice, I'm going to do something about it. Or, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's more than you hmm. is what I would say. Like after going on that little tangent rant, it's definitely been like, it's more than you, you know? So when I did the the clothing line, it was like, I could take 50% of this and then make a bag mm-hmm. And I think back to my mom and I'm like, this is about more than you. When people see saw you on TV, it's more than you. It's more than just Dom. It's that they saw a piece of themselves. They saw someone be vulnerable. Um, they saw a mirror image of themselves. And I said, okay, yeah, mom, you're right. And it was like, I'm gonna give 10% of my proceeds to women's shelters around Canada. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm also gonna give 5% to mental health research. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm also going to help my mom give her this, give her that. And by the end of it, I'm looking at it, I'm like, damn, I didn't make shit. But it's more than me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that was the important thing that my mom instilled in me. It's like everything I do, I'm like, I have to remember, like, it's it's bigger than me. It's yeah. more than me. Yeah. So I'm grateful for that for my mom. And it, you're not obligated to answer if you're not comfortable with this, but I'm I'm curious about your dad. I don't know the story there. I don't know if there is a story, but you've talked about your mom. You talked about your grandfather. Yeah, I'm always curious when when guys don't talk about their dads as to why that is. Yeah, that's like it's funny you say that because I actually saw a comment like recently. I posted this video and I was wearing like lipstick and whatever, and someone was like, um, "You know, he definitely doesn't have a dad, or mm. he definitely didn't have a man in his life." And um, my so my dad left when I was two. Um, and came back when I was 10 years old. And you know, when you're 10 years old, like you're so stoked to like, your dad's like your your idol, he's like mm-hmm. your hero. And I remember he came back and I was like, so happy he was back. I was, and there was a day where, it was like the best day of my life, all by the worst time of my life. Um, the best day of my life, my mom was dropping me off at my dad's place. And I was like, mom, come up. Like, you gotta come up and hang out with me and dad. Like, it's so much fun, you gotta come. and. Eventually she caved and she's like, all right, fine, I'll come up. And I remember we were watching the first Resident Evil movie and my mom hates scary movies. Like she jumps so easily. <laughs> and I was sitting in the middle. My mom's on this side, my dad's on this side of the couch. I'm like on the ground. And I remember like the zombie dogs came out over my mom jumps and my, me and my dad are laughing. I'm thinking like, I have a family, you know, like my dad's here. Everything's good. I'm safe. I'm protected. And then the next day I'm telling all my friends like, oh, my dad's going to come pick me up. He rides a motorbike. He's so sick. Mm-hmm. And all my friends are waiting with me. And it's like three o'clock, three thirty, four o'clock, five o'clock, and it's just me and my best friend Hanson. That's still my best friend to this day. He's waiting with me, and we both know he's not showing up. Mm-hmm. But neither of us are saying that. My my best man, he's just waiting there with me. And then um, my grandma comes to pick me up, you know, and she tells me to get in the car, and I can see she's visibly upset. I go home. My mom's like upset. She's crying, and then my dad came back to apologize, and like this this like switch just flipped in me and I was like I'm 10 years old and I'm like I don't want it I don't want to see him I don't want to see you I don't care if you apologize I'm going to take care of mom 
like like I don't need you and I, I never saw him again and I was like it built this chip on my shoulder of like um you can eat like I have to, you can either kind of like continue the cycle when you don't have a dad kind of mm-hmm. or like I took this route of like this extreme route of like I never want to be like this man if mm-hmm. I tell someone I'm going to be there if I tell someone I love them I'm going to fucking be there and it, it created like this effect of like I started like working at a warehouse when I was 14 and I would like try to give my mom money all the time for my little brother and she wouldn't accept it and I would like put it under her pillow or I would do this or mm. or you know like my little brother birthday party my mom would tell me when she spent I'd be like here like here take this like anything I could do to, to like fill those shoes to fill that role and I think a lot of people when they see me and they make those comments or they they don't understand like the the shoes that I that I attempted to fill mm-hmm. at such a young age that kind of just like drove me to this point. It was like I was working like three jobs. I was working like two, three jobs when I was like 17, 18 years old just to take care of the people around me, whether it be my friends, my little cousins, my little brother, whatever I could. And I still have that mentality in me now. But yeah, that's pretty much what happened with my dad. I haven't seen him since. And Would you ever try to reconcile? I've tried. Um, um, I mean, I grew up and I realized, like, you know, he he was just, he was young. You know, my mom and my dad had me when they were, like, 17, 18 years old, and I realized, like, he was scared. He was young, and I mean, like, when you're, he was younger than me, and you have your kids saying. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it now. It's just, like, I think about my dad, too, and it's like, man, he must have been about 21 or 22 with, like, three kids, and it's just like, so you, you kind of, justified the come like okay well like you think if i because if i was at 17 20 21 i wouldn't be able to right so you understand that you can understand the scared being scared a bit yeah you can i can i definitely like you said like he was 18 19 mm. you know and he was scared and um and i can i can recognize that i can recognize it wasn't malicious i can recognize it wasn't just like hatred like he didn't hate me yeah. he was just scared he was just scared but on the flip side of that my mom wasn't my mom took on everything my mom was the person who was like, if, if you're not going to be here, she didn't ask for child support. She was like, if you're not going to be here, I don't want your money. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to take care of that. So it's like, I saw that side of my mom, that strength and the weakness of my dad. And I remember when I was like, I can't remember how old I was. I tried reaching out to him and he, I didn't hear anything from him. And then I gave him my number and he called me like super late. It was like 11 o'clock and he was like drunk at a bar. And he was like, come meet me. And I was like, I was like, nah. You know, like, that's not how I'm going to meet my dad. It's like, because you had to go to a bar and get drunk to build the confidence to see me again, you know? And, but that's something, like, that's something he has to figure out, you know? that It's like, you know, there's a reason why, you know, me at 10 years old looked you in the eyes and said, I don't want to see you anymore. I think he just hasn't figured that out yet, you know? And I, I hope one day he does. Maybe I hope one day we can reconcile before, you know, everything is said and done. But... That, that's on him at this point that I look at, you know? Yeah. It's not on me. I, I tried that, and I'm I'm okay with the fact of where I'm at now. My mom has done more than enough. She's played both roles. Mm-hmm. I'm content. If you, if you, I've closed that chapter, that's obviously an open book that he still has to finish writing and close up. Right, yeah. And when he's ready to do that, it's like, I'll, I'll always be there to help you close that book. But the book that I have towards you, that I've shut that, you know? It's powerful. Yeah. Is there anything you'd want to say? 
I think it's just like, I don't think there's anything I want to say. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like this curiosity that, you know, growing up, mm-hmm. you always hear like, you look just like your dad. Or there be certain mannerisms yeah. that I have when people are like, my mom would be like, oh, that was just like your dad. Mm-hmm. You look just like your dad there. And it's like, I just, it's just like curiosity. Of like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. So it's like, I would, I just want to see him just to be like, how much of you, how much of you are, how much of he and you are vice versa? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, cause like, I think about like me having kids and like, I do this thing where like, uh, you know, my friends realize or my, my close people that are close to me realize like, I'll eat all my fries before I eat my burger. Like mm-hmm. little, little subtle details, yeah, yeah, little yeah. subtle details like that. And my, my mom would be like, it's mm, just like your dad, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I don't know my dad. So it's like, that. I just got that. That's just you. That's just, I just got that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like I saw him do that. I just got that. So it's like, I think about that. I'm like, I would be curious to see like certain traits, the way I talk or, you know, the way I tilt my head. Like, is that, do I get that from you? Like, you know, there's that curiosity, but it's also a curiosity that like I can live without. Well, when you said that you, you know, you want to have kids at some point in your life, what lesson would you want to, what lesson have you learned from your father that you would want to pass a, like how how do I want to word this what lesson have you learned from this entire situation that you want to bestow onto your children oh man like what has this taught you I think uh, first of all like I, I would just I'm, I'm gonna be the most annoying dad in the world I'm gonna be like <laughs> I'm gonna love those kids so much they're gonna be so sick of me I'm gonna be there every Every dance class, every football practice, drop them off, pick them up. I'll damn near be waiting in the driveway by <laughs> like <laughs> while they're at school waiting. Like I'm gonna be there, um, and that's one of the lessons I learned for myself. Is like I'm, a, I'm gonna love those kids like no other, you know, because I never had that. I, I want them, I'm gonna be the exact opposite of that. And but I think like I don't know, like there's nothing. I think just through life, my kids is like I just want them to know that they're loved and just support them and just know like I got their back. I think that's the one thing I want them to know because, like, I, it's like the one person that should have my back that, like, I share blood with didn't have my back mm-hmm. when I needed it. Like, the person that legitimately gave me life, I couldn't, I could never call upon when, you know, in those tough times where, like, I didn't have anything, when the lights weren't turning on, when, you know, I got stabbed outside of McDonald's once and it was like, mm-hmm. I, I could, that one person that gave, I couldn't call for help. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, for my kids to be like, I want them to know, like, I will always be there. Hmm. That's why I would, tell you, I would, no matter what, no matter, no matter what you want to do with your life, who you want to be, I will always support you. I will always be there for you. You got stabbed outside of a, t- a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> sorry, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I, no. Don't this be one sorry. I'm co- sorry. One of those streams of <laughs> yeah, com- yeah, yeah, consciousness yeah, yeah. where I just start saying. Shit. Yeah, no. You just yeah. you said it so subtly. I was yeah. just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, can, can I ask what happened? Yeah, it was. I was like twenty twenty two. This was here in Toronto. It was in Pickering. Pickering. Okay. It was like by Pickering Mall, where like the the McDonald's is right across the street mm-hmm. on uh, Highway Two on Kingston. Um, and yeah, I was at this, I was at, at the Moxies across the street, just like me and I was some friends from university. We were all back in town. It was like January 3rd or something like that. And we went to the McDonald's afterwards cause they didn't have any food. And we we're like, okay, let's go to McDonald's, grab food. And some guys came in, they were drunk. They started like, just like 
you know, drunk yapping and making fun of my friends. And, you know, again, I'm somebody who, like, when I see something like that, I got to stand up for my friends. And I remember saying to them, like, hey, you know, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, get out of here. Like, yeah. leave leave, leave everybody alone kind of deal. Because no one was saying anything. I was like, I got to say something. Like, yeah. And they left. And I was like, okay, let's give it, like, let's give it a few, like, 30 minutes. You know, make sure that they really left. I remember I walked out the door and then I just got, like, yeah. clocked across my face. I'm getting jumped by like three people. Um, my friends are getting like curb stomped and they're getting their face stomped out. And then I remember like the security guard actually locked the door. So one of my friends couldn't get out. So they had to like go around the back. And I, I didn't realize it at the time, but he went around and he goes, Dom, like you got stabbed. I'm like, what? And I just like, he said that. And then all of a sudden I could just mm, feel like, feel it, I yeah. just could feel like warmth to go down my leg. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, I remember I was on my knees and then like the police started coming and I just like blacked out and then I woke up on the McDonald's table and this is like my friend Taylor, Taylor Lewis, shout out Taylor Lewis. He said this was like the most dumb moment ever. It's like I'm passed on this table. I remember waking up and all of the McDonald's staff was freaking out, putting napkins on my back mm. to stop the bleeding. And then he's like, you just woke up for a brief second, took a bite of your cheeseburger no. <laughs> and then passed right back out. And then I didn't wake up until I was in the ambulance. But, um, but yeah, it was like it was just one of those surreal moments that like to this day it doesn't even feel real. But um, yeah, I got I got stabbed twice, like once in my back, once in my side. Didn't realize it, and then got went to the hospital, got stitched up, and I was like, I got I got to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, they're not. I have no more sick days. Like <laughs> if I miss it, I'm not getting paid. So yeah, I remember like. I was like, I gotta go to work. I remember I tried to like drive myself out and I just couldn't. And then my mom was like, you're, you're going home. Mm. <laughs> and then like, I remember like, yeah, walking home with my ex and not being able to move. And yeah, I was like scared of like knives and shit for like a year. Yeah, of so course. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't even look at a fucking knife. Yeah. Okay. So with everything that's going on now, what is it that's happening right now that you're most excited about? What's coming up or what's sort of, what are you envisioning? What do you want to do that you're not doing yet? Um, that's tough. I think for me right now, I think I'm looking forward to, I want to do more like design stuff. Like I want to do more, more clothing, something more in the fashion world. Um, I wanted to get into like more scripted stuff, more acting. Um, but obviously with the strike going on, that's going to yeah. take a little bit of time. Um, but but I, th this is something I thought about very recently, especially coming to Serrano, was like there's a lot of people that, especially in Scarborough, a lot of my friends that didn't, didn't get the opportunity that I got. You know, there's like this weekend line like from the Scar Town City, you know, love from the town where a nigga never ever, yeah. grew, never, never blew up. And I'm thinking to myself like, damn, like, People don't even know I'm from Scarborough. People don't even know I'm from Toronto. And I have so many friends that are doing things right now. And I was just hanging out with my friend. And I was like, yo, give me give me some of your clothes, man. Like, give me some of your clothes. He's like, what? Like, He's like, I wanted to ask you about it. I was like, just give me your clothes, man. I'll, I'll wear it wherever I go. Like, I don't got to wear a designer. I don't got to wear this. Like, I'm going to wear your clothes. And I was just like, I think for me now, it's like I've kind of, I've gotten myself to a certain point where I'm comfortable. Yeah. I don't need a lot. Yeah. I've never needed, I've, like I said, I lived on an air mattress for six months. Like I got a bed, I got a shelter. Like I don't need Gucci, Louis Prada. I don't need all that. Like I'm, I, I rock my Converse, my blank tees, my baggy <laughs> jeans. I thrift everything. I'm good. 
now I'm like, I've gotten to this point where like, now I can help my friends get to a point of comfort yeah. as well. I have, I'm fortunate to have this platform where like, if I have a friend that has like work on a business, it's like, I'm not, I don't think I'm like Brad Pitt or nothing, but I can help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could bring you to a point where like, hopefully it can bring you comfort or hopefully having me help you can lead you to someone even bigger. Yeah. Kickstart kick something. At least, something at least give you. you the peace of mind that, that you know that you got this. Like, you, like this is a real product that this is good that like, people you can see the value that i see in it exactly and i think you know some people they get a little bit of cloud river and then it's like they forget about like mm, their everybody. everybody and their homies that are doing stuff and i got homies that like my one of my homies just opened up a gym i'm like all right i'm gonna go to your gym like i don't gotta go to this place I'm, like, yeah. I'm gonna go to your gym like use me as a re take a photo of me and tag me and say that dom is here like yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean yeah. use me and hopefully <laughs> that'll kickstart something and put yeah. some drive like i remember i was like in it like my last week in la like this is fucked. <laughs> uh, these brand deals weren't hitting at the point where they're supposed to hit. They said I was gonna get paid a certain day. I had to like buy my ticket to come out here. Like I have all this stuff I gotta do. I had like a, like two hundred bucks to my name at at one point in my last week in L.A. And my friends, they're in this band called Never Any Fall. They were like, "Yo, come over, having this barbecue. We want to see you before you leave." And I was like, just so down on myself. I was like, oh, "Fuck, I'll spend twenty five bucks." I don't really, I can't really afford to spend right now, but I need to, I need to be around people. I need yeah. something to uplift me. Yeah. And I just so happened to get in this Uber where this, there was this, this little kid just driving. So he was like, maybe like, tw like, I don't know, like 21, 20, I don't know. I don't know how old you have to be the Uber, but he was pretty fucking young to be <laughs> driving this Uber. And I'm walking and he like looks at me. He's like, yo, like, yo, you're Dom. Like you're Dom, blah, blah, blah. And he just gives me like this crazy pep talk on the way like i'm driving from like mid city i don't know if you guys know like from like mid city to encino so it's like a 45 40 45 minute drive with traffic or whatever and this whole time he's like you have no idea like you on that show you hone your integrity you have no idea like you be on that show made it more than just a reality show you know what i'm saying like you changed the way like seeing somebody like so honorable and and make these decisions that no one else would make do these things that no one else would be comfortable doing like you inspired me, blah, blah blah, to do this, and just seeing like someone like you who looks like you, like anime, and mm -hmm. makes me think like, okay, maybe anime is like I can I can express that, and like he's hyping me up, and I'm like, yo, like thank you, like I need to hear that, like admittedly, like you let me know I'm on the right path, and at the end of it, he goes, he goes, man, it was so nice to meet you, so nice talking to you. He's like, I, this is so hard for me to say, but like he's like, bro, I, I do animation. He's like, I like I like I, I, I want to show you some of my drawings, and he shows me some of his animation drawings, and he's like, I'm working on doing this like pilot I want to do this like animated show or whatever and I'm like I'm like hey yo I'll make you a deal like I'm gonna follow you here's my number you can message me whenever you got an update on something like that I was like if you complete this project like I will give you my likeness to use mm -hmm. like for, for you can just make me a character in your thing and I will blow it up I'll put it everywhere I could put it like anything I could do, yeah, to, help you, I do to help you yeah. bro when I tell you this kid every day has sent me a sketch <laughs> on Instagram he's like yo check out this sketch I just did yo check out this and it's like it's like I'm like yeah like yo get on that yeah, shit like yeah. let's, let's go like yeah. and it's like he just needed that like that kick push, yeah. he just needed that push of someone that like saw what he was doing that believed in yeah. him and now he's on his he's on his shit like I tell yeah. you every day he's sending me something I'm like I'm so stoked for this kid now that's he, incredible because he that's found amazing. like that conversation just me letting him know like hey if you accomplish this I will help you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? If you put in the work, I will help you take it to the other level. And yeah, man. And I think I, I saw that and I was like, I want to do that for everybody. Yeah. So I want to continue to obviously work on my own thing, but it's like whenever I can 
help light that fire for someone else, it's like that I'm going to always take the opportunity because I there's no better feeling like that makes me feel so fucking good, mm. bro. Like that's beautiful, man. Yeah. Especially because not like you said, not a lot of people once they 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 get a little bit of clout, a little bit of flame, a little bit of money. It's very much like, all right, what are you doing for me? Yeah, exactly. It gets very transactional, yeah. you know, and I think people get really hungry. And, like, I remember fuck, I remember I said this one, <laughs> one time. I was like, they, they definitely cut it out, but I was, like, on a podcast. And I was, like, I looked at the camera, and I was, like, I was just, like, I, I make too much money to be doing what I do. I was, like, we make too much money to do what we do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, everyone got scared. Why? <laughs> Because because it's like n- nobody wants to like admit it. Nobody wants to admit it. Right. You know what I mm-hmm. mean. Nobody wants to admit it. it's like I. Let's keep it a buck right now. This is this is, see mm. this is my issue. This is why I like yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is why the stream costs is and I, and and you know I don't get like certain brand deals and shit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like it's like I when you look at like the lifestyle of, like influencers like we're so grateful like I'm so grateful that I can take photos i could take a 15 second video and get paid like like fucking like like 15k 10k mm-hmm. for like a 15 second video yeah you know what i mean when meanwhile it's like i look at again my mom worked at that woman's shelter like sistering this woman diana who worked at sistering i look at her her entire career is making sure that these women can make it to the next day mm. teachers you know my ex's mom was a teacher she was heavily underpaid. You know what I mean? Yeah. She cares about these kids. These, these kids spend more time with her <laughs> than they do their own parents. Yeah. You know what it's I'm saying? It's crazy that teachers aren't paid so much more because they really shape everybody who's going to be any, like, anything. Anything. Yeah. I remember after I finished filming the mole, my shows weren't even out yet. I went to my grade five teacher, the same teacher who, like, I remember when my dad didn't show up. The next day I went to school and she said, hey, like, after school, she was like, don't worry about the work. Like I guess like maybe she had a conversation with my mom or something like that, or she saw me being really upset. She knew something happened. Yeah, and she was like, "Don't worry about the work. Don't worry about this. Take your time." You know what I mean? And she always made sure to check on me, make sure I was good. And I was like, I went back. And I saw her. I was like, "Hey, Mrs. Amy, I just want to let you know, like, I wouldn't have gotten through grade five if it weren't for you. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mm-hmm. have gotten through those moments if you didn't show me so much kindness." You know what I mean? Because I'm with you eight hours of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, in those eight hours when I felt so alone, like, you made me feel like, you know what I mean? Everything was going to be yeah. okay. Yeah, And it's like, how am I making more money than this? what she does for kids every single year? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, that's like a – now I thought every influencer is going to be watching this, like, yo, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, <laughs> shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? But it's like I don't need that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when people want to bargain for – x amount of dollars it's like i understand know your worth know your value but at the same time it's like if i can take the eyes that are on me and be able to be like hey yeah i'm doing this stuff i'm funny i'm entertaining i'm making these tiktok videos but also check out this woman's shelter right now and if you could help anyway like let's let's help these mm-hmm. people out you know what yeah, i mean absolutely so it's like i think it's finding that balance of helping other people that i want to do moving forward and also building myself up so that more eyes can be on me so that i can help so I can help more people, help people in these industries that like are, it's like, it's insane to me, dude. Mm-hmm. Like going in a woman's shelter or, or going to like a soup kitchen or like a homeless shelter even yeah. and seeing these people that like, like it's like, dude, like my mom spent her entire, like her young life helping these women, helping these homeless people like make it to the next day, making sure that they were all right. And we didn't have shit. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, 
that you should be a millionaire. Yeah. Like your heart is in the right place. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you should you should be all right. If anyone should be all right, it should be y'all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think for me, it's like I just like I don't need a lot. I don't I, like I, obviously, admittedly, I don't give a shit. Like <laughs> if I'm talking like this, so it's like yeah, if I can use whatever resources I can use to help just make as cliche as sounds the world a better place. Like I'm gonna always make that sacrifice. Damn, well, brother, you're definitely doing that. Yeah, you're you're using your platform in a way that not a lot of people. Not a lot of people do because they're afraid that they're going to lose out on the brand deals. They, they're afraid that they're going to get criticized. But people are so fucking scared, dude. They are. People yeah. are so scared because of because of money. Yeah, yeah. Because of lose money. Because you're going to lose money. Yeah. Or you're going to, you know, somebody's going to disagree with you, or someone's going to view you differently, and it's like you got to maintain this brand. So, what advice would you give them? What would you say to them? Because I. I love what you're about. I love the fact that you're taking your platform and you're like, hey, I got a little bit of success. Dope. But let me let me shine some light on some real things that matter. Yeah. And there's still a hunger to grow your brand and your businesses. None of that changes. Yeah. But as that grows, from what I can tell sitting over here, you're planning on doing more to support others. What would you say to people who are on the fence? They want to do that. They're afraid they don't want to say anything what would you say to them i would say like there's two sides like i get it i understand like there's two ways to go about it it's like especially when you came from nothing or you're you you don't want to hit rock bottom and some people are scared mm-hmm. like i don't want to take those risks i don't want to take that chance i don't want to say this thing because i don't want to go back to what i had before where like for me it's like I, if I go back to sleeping on a uh, couch, working in a warehouse, whatever, <laughs> I, I did it. I did it. I managed. I figured it out. Mm. But if I can take these chances to make the world a better place, to make sure that someone else can can eat, you know what I mean? To make sure someone else doesn't have to worry about, you know, oh, if, if like, what am I going to do once, you know, like September, October comes around or when it gets cold, you know, what am I going to do then? Or what am I like people that have a bunch of kids and they're they're a teacher and they're working this job and what am i going to do to support this if i could do anything to help them it's like i know that i i've i've done good yeah you know what i mean i think you have to realize at a certain at a certain point you have to look in the mirror and be like okay you're an influencer you're a creator but like what have you influenced other than you know what i mean other than a discount code in your in your mm-hmm. body and it sounds like i'm taking shots at people but i'm but it's like it's just like you really have to take a look at yourself and be like what have you what have you changed like whose lives have you changed like you're an influencer you have all these eyes on you like what impact have you made like who is looking at you and being like like i am now in a better place i am now a better person because of this person yeah because this person took time out of their day to make this change or to say this thing or to or to inspire me or to motivate me or to or to give back to to me and what i what i want to be in life you know what i mean so I think that's all I would say. I was like, you just got to look at yourself. And it's like, for me, it was like, I admittedly, I got lost in it. There were times when I was in LA and I would go to the club and people are screaming and there's mm. signs, don't make out with me. And I'm, I could feel it getting to me. Like, I, I never want this to go away. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I never want this to go away. But yeah. then you, you know, you wake up in the morning, you read a DM from some mom saying like, Hey, like my son wanted to paint her nails. My son wanted to paint his nails and 
but he was scared because all the kids made fun of him. So I showed him your TikToks mm. and check this out. And then, you know, then he has like all his nails or it's like, then it's like, okay, that that's way that's more real impact. That's real impact. That is way more important yes, than, than going to, you know, neon carnival at Coachella. You know what right. I'm saying? That's more important than going to the red carpet. It's like, that is what's important. So I think it's like looking in the mirror, realizing what is truly important and being like, if, if I wear nail polish, if I wear makeup, if I wear a dress and like, I, like I've legitimately like worn a dress and, and posted it and lost like 20,000 followers. You know what I'm saying? Good riddance, mm-hmm. good riddance. Because by me wearing that, somebody else saw that and was like, that gave me confidence to be who I want to be. Somebody who never thought was scared to, to be themselves saw that and was like, if he can do it, I can do it that's what's important yeah like fuck this follower shit fuck the like shit fuck the money fuck that that's what's that's what's important that's what's gonna change the world you know what i mean those little kids that now saw me now believe in themselves that's what's gonna change the world that's my purpose so i would say like look at yourself and be like what is what is my purpose how do i change the world how do i have that impact and don't be afraid to make that impact wow i dress is comfortable <laughs> honestly yo i ain't gonna lie i i I wore a skirt uh, to this red carpet, and and when I tell you, like, I sweat a lot. Yeah, me too. I'm sweating right now. That that that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that that breeze, that breeze, went, that breeze went yeah. crazy. I'm yeah. like, I ain't gonna hold you. That breeze went crazy, man. <laughs> but not. It's it's just like it's you know. I look at somebody like Dennis Rodman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like there has He's been to, doing it for a long, doing time. it for a long time. And you know when people look at me, it's like there's always a comparison of like, oh, you're like. Dennis Rodman or mm. you're like Dennis Rodman meets Lenny Kraft it's like and that tells me like also at the same time it's like there's not many people of color that have done that Yeah. if I'm still getting compared to someone who was doing this in like the 80s and 90s yeah. you know what I mean Yeah. and it made me realize like there has to be somebody whether in whatever community whatever niche in podcasting in, in fashion in influence and in whatever it may be there has to be somebody that's always going to go over that hill take that chance and you know what I mean take those arrows and like take those mm-hmm. like people hating take those hate comments to come back over them and be like hey guys it's not Safe that bad yeah. yeah we're good we can we can go now you know what mm-hmm. I mean and I, and that's how like I view myself it's like I'm gonna be that person I'm gonna go like whenever you think I can't take it any further or push those boundaries any further I'm gonna continue to push that it was like my first red carpet for Netflix is like I'm gonna wear a skirt mm-hmm. I'm gonna put I'm gonna when I'm gonna go in there I'm gonna wear eyeliner I'm gonna wear a skirt Next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to I'm going to wear a crop top. I'm going to wear a mesh top. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to Coachella. I'm going to rock this. I'm always going to push those boundaries because I know that somebody's that there's a lot of eyes on me watching. And they're going to say he did that. He went over the hill. Hey guys, it's cool. Look at the comments. Every everybody fuss with it. We all mm-hmm. good now. Yeah. And next thing I know, every all these kids are like, I could wear this. I could wear this. I could wear this color. I could paint my nails. I could be like Dom. I could do that. That there has to be that person that does that. Like Dennis Rodman did that for me. Watching Jeff Hardy made me realize I could paint my yeah. nails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seeing somebody cool, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm cool, but it's like when I saw Jeff Hardy, it was like I saw this guy who didn't give a shit. Yeah. He was like flying off of things, ropes and, like, and ladders. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, and he got his nails. I'm like, this guy's badass, and he paints his nails. Yeah. I want to paint my nails. I want to be badass like him. Yeah. And that that's what kickstarted me and drove me into the position where I'm at now where I don't give a fuck about anything in a good way. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And I I think that I would like to think that I could be that for another kid at 10 years old that could look at me and be like, I want to do that. And now he, all the people that are bullying him, he's like, all right, 
and what? Do something about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dom does it. Yeah. You can tell me Dom's not cool. Like, and then yeah. and then they look at me as like, ah, oh, shit, he's pretty cool. Like, yeah. You got more of that nail polish? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. I remember seeing you in TikTok years ago. Not a couple years ago. I think it was when you had a crop top on. Yeah. And I was just like, I can see it. Like, it's like, it's like, like, so when you say that, I'm like, I'm like, it looks, I'm Sometimes like, you just got to see it. Like, yeah, it's just like, it looks cool, man. I'm like, it looks cool. Like, I can see, and I'm like, okay. Like, you know, one of the things, it's the same thing you're talking about. Like, it just opens your eyes to see things in a different way, especially when it's somebody that you wouldn't, I guess at first class, like, I expect them to be wearing a certain clothing, just like it's a regular person. Like, yeah. It doesn't really matter. It, it really takes away the gender of clothing. And it's, so then to see that, it's like, okay, like, even when you say you see nail polish more now and it's like see more people wearing it's like, okay. And it's, it's another form of expression. Even yeah. Drake, right? Even Drake had his nails. Yeah. Done for, I think he just posted a story or something like that and then everybody started making a fuss about it. Yeah. But it's like, and that's the thing. It's like it took years and years and years until people started like catching on. Mm. But people are going to catch on. It's, it's such a stupid fuss too because like what does it mean you're gay? It's like, one, it doesn't matter if you're gay. But two, if you're not gay, then it doesn't matter what anybody else, like, like if, if you're not gay, and you have your nails, nails painted, and people are like, oh, they make they say you're gay. Like if you're not, like it doesn't matter what they think. It's yeah, like, cool. You think that? Cool. All right. In your world, I'm, doesn't doesn't matter because if if you're not, you're not. Yeah. Like just because you yeah. say that, just because I'm looking at your nails, I think, oh, that's gay. Doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that I'm gay. It just yeah. means that you think that I'm gay, and then who cares? Yeah. Well, that and, person's opinion just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's always the weirdest. It's the weirdest. It's the thing. weirdest get thing to the me. shape out of that. It's just like you want to do something because somebody else might think that you're something that you actually are not. Yeah. And it's just like, so who cares if that person might think that for whatever you're doing, not even nail polish, for like whatever you're doing, like being vulnerable or whatever it is, if that's not who you are, then it doesn't, then it doesn't matter what that person thinks. Like who cares if they think that doesn't mean that that's what you are. Yeah. It's it's the craziest it's, thing it's to insane. me. And it's like when people, and I always look at it as like, it's just projection. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's an insecurity, whether it's intimidation, it's like everybody wants to be themselves. Like everybody admittedly, it's like, you have that thing in you where like you always wanted to do something but yeah. you were never able yeah. to do why is that. he allowed to do whatever he wants but I can't do whatever I want exactly like, you know, yeah. I was like, why, why yeah. can he uh, dye his hair but I have to wear a suit and tie to go to work it's not you know what it's stupid yeah, exactly right? yeah that's how you start thinking yeah exactly it's that pro- that's that projection and a lot of the times it's like when you just look at when you a lot of the people that say it to me I'm like okay <laughs> like alright and what like like, it's so weird to me like why do you like okay I'm gay right like like I'm not gay, but like yeah, you, you, yeah, you, yeah. you call me gay. It's like okay, I'm gay. like, do you want to kiss yeah, or like, what? what like it? what now? Like yeah, like if I am or I'm or I'm not. Like where do you go from here? Yeah, <laughs> what, and either, like, what difference so does it make? Yeah. What difference? Let's does it say make? you say. Let's say okay, yes, you're saying yes. Okay, I am. And what? Yeah. Or no, I'm not like like. Or it's like no, and it's like they, it's like I don't have to. Either way, it's like I don't have to respond because I don't have to prove. I don't have to prove it to yeah. you anyway because yeah. it doesn't even matter. It's it's such a weird little subculture thing like there's a there's like this big um thing that people do where like they they're like yo just come out already mm-hmm. you know just come out like we we know it like come yeah. out you know what i mean we know you're this we know you're that and it's like why do you care so much yeah like it's weird that you is care so much a, is, is it that they just want to be proven right or yeah. just to be like i knew it the whole time like why yeah. do you care why yeah. do you care and it's and to me, it's like because I have a co- my cousin is bisexual. Like I have I have members of my family that are queer, and to me, it's like by you doing that and like commenting that, this is why people are afraid to come out. Yeah, because you've created this sort of like weird little witch hunt of like figuring out who's who's queer and who's this, and yeah. just come. It's like you're the person that's making people feel uncomfortable. Like that's a detriment yeah. to that community. 
Yeah. Like, shut up. Who if, cares? If, yeah. if you're not sleeping with you, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. matter. It, doesn't it doesn't matter, matter who matter. I'm sleeping with if it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that. that's and, what, it's crazy people get so upset about what other people are doing in their own bedrooms that, like, houses away. It's like, who like who cares what that person doing in their own room, in the privacy of their room, or, like, anywhere. It's like, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, it's, it's so weird, and I just, it pisses, that's the thing that pisses me off so much, because, like, you are now, by you doing that, you are instilling fear in people that are, yeah. that are, that are gay, that are afraid to come out. Yeah, because you've created this like imaginary witch hunt of like we have to figure out who is gay. Like no, mm-hmm. like they no one. My ideal world is like when I have kids. If my kid is is queer, they should never feel the need to come out to me. Mm-hmm. They should they could just show up with their partner be. and just be. They should yeah. like that's same way as they show up with a partner of a different sex. Yeah, of a different sex or same sex, whatever. They're just gonna show up them be like, hey, dad, this is so and so, and I'm I'm all like right. I'm like all right, cool. That's the that's the home that I want to create. That's the world that I want to live in. Yeah. You know what I mean? But by pe- people have this weird it's so fucking weird to me and I hate it because like I'm, I have friends that are that are gay, for, like friends that are queer, friends that are trans. It's like mm-hmm. I've had a drag queen um on my show and she was talking about um drag mothers and people were like, "Oh no, like uh drag queens are are pedophile this that." It's like there is no statistics to truly back that up. Yeah. And by you putting it in the world, it's like you are you are now creating. You're creating the. the you're creating this narrative. this narrative that people are just going to run with, and that creates fear within that community to be themselves. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm sorry, I'm getting so like. No, but it makes just, sense. So because like, sense, we live in a world yeah. where like everything is so accessible, and it's like if you don't like same thing as you can you can go see anything you want. Like mm-hmm. if I want to see a picture of this, I can go see a picture of that. But it's like if you don't want to see something, it's just as easy to just turn your phone over or like not look at it. So like why does it have to be like? <laughs> not only do, not only can I not see it, I don't want anybody else in, in this whole world to ever see this. It's like just if you don't see it, it doesn't exist. Yeah, just leave it alone. You, why do you get to decide? Yeah, that for like other you, people? if you don't yeah. want to see it, you don't like it. Cool, done. Block that person, delete that person, delete that whatever that is that you don't like to see them. Then move on. In that, in that world, it doesn't exist now. Yeah. Like why do you have to sit there and like, especially when it's people that go. Above and beyond, it's like I'm gonna go call warriors. this person and 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 message the MP or this or this and try to like it's like that is that is so much extra time yeah for something that has nothing to do with you it's and you it's have like, so much time on your hands go so do something much, good exactly go do anything else the, anything and I'll, I'll end this topic on this note it's like I remember I had this conversation with this guy and he was like yo but don't you think like having all this all this queer con all this gay content is like is gonna make our kids gay and with this and I'm like. If your if your son or your daughter ends up being gay, they were gonna be gay anyways. Right. Like them them seeing has nothing to do with you. Them seeing two women make out or two guys make out doesn't make they were gonna be gay yeah, anyways. That's yeah. nothing to do yeah. with you. It's yeah. like if you have a problem with like all the the queer content, all the black content, all this representation in media nowadays, there is ESPN twenty four seven available to you. You know what I'm saying? You could watch anything you want twenty four seven. Like you know what I mean? You're Stream not stuff. Yeah, so many, all the streaming servers. You can pick. You, and choose you can what pick you and choose what you want to watch. It's fine. This has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Focus on yourself. Focus on your home. Focus on your work. Why are you so concerned about this community? And I said that to him. I'm like, think about it. Like, why are you sitting down here complaining to me about this community right now? Why are we talking about how you should be getting a bag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about how your broke ass should be getting the bag? <laughs> but you want, but you want to talk to me about how you're scared because two guys kissing is gonna make your son gay someday. How about you worry about your son having a nice home? Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's just the corniest thing to me, man. But yeah, <laughs> man, I feel like we could have had a whole other episode just on this topic. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> but John, listen, thank you so much for coming through, man. 
appreciate you. I, I, I respect all the stuff you're doing. I think you're, you're making an impact, a real impact. And it's, I'm going to say refreshing because seeing you use your platform to actually spread positivity and good and helping others, it just, I mean, it motivates me to want to go and do more. So like the next time you're doing something, you need a volunteer, you let me know because I'm down to help out because you're doing some great stuff and we're rooting for you. Keep doing you. And, uh, yeah, let's do this again sometime, man. No, I would love to, man. And like I said, like I'm always here for anybody from the city doing their thing. And this platform is a place where like I've clearly from the way I've spoken, <laughs> I'm very comfortable here. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think you're doing a great thing with this. And this is a great space, a safe space. Um, you're having great productive conversations. A lot of I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of platforms that wouldn't let me talk like this. Like, <laughs> let me go crazy like this, you know? Um, so, yeah, I appreciate it, and I would love to come back on it. And I, I also just want to, like, end this on a, on a light, loving note. Like, I, I get passionate, and I get upset about stuff like that because I want to see people, and I want to see the world. Positive change. I want to see a positive change. Yeah. I want to see the world in a better place, in a better light. Like, I don't want people to go through what I went through growing up with bullying or go, or go through tough time like i want people to feel safe and feel comfortable in this world and yeah. that's why that's why i get so passionate about stuff like that i just believe that everyone should lead with love be vulnerable speak with your heart and just always show kindness because you never know what the other person is going through mm. incredible i couldn't have said it better myself yes, dom thank you so much Appreciate you, man. thank you thank man. you everybody for listening dom gabriel <laughs> <Pleasure>. <laughs> <laughs>